Star Trek, The Nerdy Frontier. These are the discussions of the Good Time Society. Their continuing mission, to explore each episode, to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations, to boldly watch what they've already watched before. With special guest Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Ooh, it's like he's here in the studio. I'm Ensign Becca Scott. I am uh, Commander Jake Michaels. I'm a crew person, Xander Genre. I got stuck I civilian. I'm the crazy uncle that lives in the replicator. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm the one that's in the holodeck. I just, nobody really knows why I'm in there. And you're all clones. <laughs> yeah. Clones? 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 No, wrong episode. Wrong episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's the one where this is the one where there's a someone accidentally falls in love with a hologram. <laughs> you uh, know, Rex. it happens a lot. Anyway, <laughs> get on your bartender. dress robes, everybody. Ooh, that's right. Get your dress uniforms on and your shiny fish outfits as well, because it's Manhunt. Mm-hmm. Episode two nineteen of the second season. Loaxana Troy arrives on the Enterprise intent on finding a husband. I'm really glad that we've brought in the W into Loaxana. Loaxana, because she pronounces it in this episode. She's like, I am Loaxana Troy. Yeah, she'd come back in. Really, she'd adapted the way people had messed up her name so often. And this episode, she was like, I am in my phase. We are going to go with all the syllables (laughs) of my name. I am Loaxana Troy. Yeah, yeah. This is the year where I really hit that W hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so the first time we've seen Loxana Troy was in the first uh, season, right? Mm-hmm. When uh, Troy was supposed to be betrothed to that uh, handsome dorky prince on mm-hmm. a distant planet, right? Thank yes. God he sketched a doodle of his long last love and Troy wasn't it. Right. It was that, what, hairspray commercial. Just <laughs> long, luscious, blonde locks. Blonder bust. Yeah. And cheekbones. And now, and then she was kind of an obnoxious character. This is the one where I think she started to come into be much more enjoyable. Really? Uh, I thought she was hilarious. In this, this was her at her most obnoxious she, for me. Well, it's yes, a good thing well, you weren't on that bridge, Jake, because <laughs> uh, with that sort of reception, you'd be in trouble. <laughs> Mildly okay, amused, well, she'll take it. Yeah. I think both uh, Xander and I said this before, but I don't know if I I don't want to speak for you, Xander, but I did not like Loaxana Troy as a kid. I thought she was an annoying part of Star Trek. And I as an adult, she's grown on me. Mm. And this episode is where it started, because pretty much like from her entrance, she's kind of not taking herself too seriously. I love that she thought she lost her legs when she transported (laughs) them. There were a lot of choices that Major Barrett made that you could tell were kind of fun on set at the time that they maybe just included. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. She's having a great time, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like, she's really kind of went for it this this episode, and I like that. I mean, I like that she's always kind of on the manhunt because that's who her character rapidly becomes in later episodes, as I recall. She's kind of permanently in this phase in a way. Yeah, yeah, and as you recall, so am I. Right. I'm holding up my <laughs> Miles O'Brien doll. She never really went after O'Brien. He Shocking. was surprising. Right? Weird. Upsetting. Yeah. She had her sights higher. Uh. <laughs> Everybody's legs do look better in a dress uniform. I will say uh, he can wear some tights. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Captain Picard nice uh, mm-hmm. is king of the tights for sure. I actually, and, yeah, I know, never noticed that about the uniform that it shows so much uh, calf calf work. I mean, really, the normal uniform is skin tight, so yeah, don't know how much difference there is, but. But you got to see like the boots connected to the tight type of thing. That was kind of cool. Yeah, the, they could have done a pan up shot, but they just did a full on ankle shot that was yeah. supposed to be very arousing. And for Luxwana, it was right. Uh, it was the supposed other thing... to be very arousing. <laughs> the other thing I imagine that... you as a producer, Becca, in that meeting, just being like, "Okay, we need the hottest ankle shot I've ever seen." Then that's your bar. Meet Those it or go home, people. Come on, yeah. camera department. I need sexy ankles. God, I should direct. Um, the my other takeaway. I need to get working on some Lawaxana cosplay because her outfits in this episode Incredible. are out of this world. That's really, yeah. the jeweled gowns in every that was, scene. As a kid, I didn't like Deanna Troy, and thus Lawaxana was sort of an extension of that. But what I did like and what I continue to love are the outfits, and I am here for them. <laughs> <laughs> and they come in this big old piece of luggage, and we get some oh. Riker comedy, which we never get Riker physical, doing funny bits. Right? That was great. He's like, don't worry, I got this. And then he can't lift it. That's wonderful. What's the name of her silent assistant? Hume? Hum? Mr. Hum. Hum. Yeah. You know what I just realized? So there's like this urn where her clothes are in that's too heavy to lift. But it must be <laughs> some urn. sort of shrink, uh, take the oxygen out of all the dresses and mm. pack them very tightly for that small package to have so many dresses and be so heavy. It could be a box that's bigger on the inside. Who knows? Mm. It's just a dress replicator inside. <gasps> it's very a well TARDIS closet. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, fantasies think, just formed right now. Well, yeah. I think you're actually hitting on what could be the actual case is that it's a piece of technology that replicates clothing. And it's just large and bulky and heavy for like a starship that she carries around. <laughs> Holy I believe that. Shit. <laughs> My mind also, is blown. <laughs> and also, where can I get one? Yeah. <laughs> Lockstone Troy also references how how many thoughts men have about her all the time, and I also love what was her opening line about Mister Hom. She's like, "Yes, I've retained his services despite the outlandishly lustful thoughts he spews in my direction," right. and he <laughs> never speaks ever. And yeah. he's like the most like apathetic person and like I she think, thinks he's too horny <laughs> i think that was our clue into Luxana as an unreliable narrator because we hear over and over and never really really disputed but just she's like picard you keep having these salacious thoughts about me yeah boosting her own self-confidence and sort of projecting that but he's never like no he never shows any interest. He doesn't yeah. say anything in response. Yeah. And there's a scene in the conference room where Troy says she's a really, really adept telepath, but not right now because the phase is messing Affecting. with her brain. Right. Yeah, she like sees... women with menopause. She sees lust everywhere she goes. Mm. Well, it's it's, it's like relate. menopause, right? Except it's... Uh, what is it? It could quadruples their sex drive. <laughs> when oh, Riker cool. revealed that and his smile, he's like... Also, I wasn't too big of a fan of Riker explaining Betazoid physiology when Deanna was sitting there doing the explaining and Riker's like, okay, so actually they become super horny. And Deanna's like, yeah, I was getting there. (laughs) I feel like the reason that they had both of them explain that because they had already been in a relationship, it's like... We know a little bit about this, so we're going to get you through this, buddy. Yeah. Actually, 
correction, we don't know that their relationship ever ended. That's true. All we know is that they have hooked up in the past and they may be continuing to hook up in the future and to both of them, it's like a more casual thing. And I think that that was made Mm -hmm. possible by this episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a comment that Deanna made to her mother about um, monogamy Mm -hmm. and she said, humans no longer own each other that way, mother. Yeah. So... That was Humanity a great is now, impression. Uh, got a polyamorous <laughs> uh, culture. Yeah, yeah. if you I check, if you check the personnel logs of like their each their profiles, it does say it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's so funny that Facebook made that a thing. And now I'm not even standard on Starfleet regulation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also noticed uh, now more than ever the black context because Majel's uh, eyes really were pools of blackness. You know, with with um, Marina Sirtis's hair and her already kind of darker features, it kind of blends in really nicely and looks like brown eyes. But man, with like Majel's red hair, it I definitely stands out. They gave her like bigger context, being like full beta zoid mm-hmm. as opposed to. Oh, that's a good point. Because yeah, Deanna is half. Oh right, so I it could be more bigger than her actual irises. Yeah, and that's, Ooh, that's why it feels weird. Like or, the fish dudes, we didn't even really mention them. So corny. there's. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's a beard plot. Yeah, the whole reason we started this episode was because of these ambassadors that are coming on board. Uh, uh well, ambassadors. Uh, we learned delegates. Like, Delegates, yeah, that's oh. a better word, I think. <laughs> what did you say? Fish sticks. <laughs> Fish sticks. Fish fingers and custom. I also, I also laughed at this episode with with Worf's admiration for them. He's like, he loves some race. Yeah, this seems <laughs> good. <laughs> and they're just like these ugly stoic things. A uh, fun fact, actually, one of those, um, one of those people is a famous musician. Do you guys know Fleetwood Mac? Heard of I it? have, yeah. <laughs> Mac Fleetwood is one of those. No way. <laughs> he uh, got a cameo in the episode, but he wanted to be unrecognizable. Sure. So here he is. Wow. Yeah. And then the whole thing was just about how ugly they were the whole time. Right. <laughs> I feel like that's not the first time that or the last time that happens. I mean, especially with Whoopi Goldberg kind of getting integrated in. People are like, oh, if you just say you're a fan. They could kind of yes. get you in there. Yes. Um, one thing I didn't mention during oh, what episode was it? It was the one where Worf goes through puberty again on his anniversary, and Riker mm. has something going on. The Klingons that are in that row mm-hmm. that are that with the pain sticks. Mm-hmm. One of those was John Tesh. Oh, uh, he was like the host of like good was it Good Morning America or yeah. like the like one of those morning shows. Yeah. And he's also I mean he did a ton of stuff, but he's kind of like a broadcaster. But he right. actually did like a behind the scenes feature during the filming of that and then got to be a Klingon in it. I feel like Tom Bergeron was like that too. Like something, I don't know, something rings that bell. (laughs) Tom Bergeron, ooh, interesting. Yeah. Hey friends, Future Jake here. I didn't really give John Tesh his proper due. He did not host Good Morning America. He was co-host of Entertainment Tonight. Additionally, he's a musician, composer, and radio host. He's a six-time Emmy winner, a two-time Grammy nominee, and he's made over 30 albums, four of which went gold. Also, it kind of sounds like I said Mac Fleetwood in the playback. The guy's name is Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac, but his name is Mick Fleetwood. He's the drummer. Okay, back to the show. Uh, Well, just to tie back the plot elements, if people haven't seen it in a while, the reason Luxana Troy is on is because she is somehow some fancy ambassador for Mm. Betazoids, despite her, her lustful 
intentions, she mm-hmm. does have an actual diplomatic purpose. She's like a top diplomat for Betazoid. So that's mm-hmm. why she's also waiting for the fish people to come out of their stasis. Because there's a uh, conference that they're yeah, all going to time. on Pacifica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have technically all these emissaries on board, but really there's two main plots, which is that uh, these fish people are, well, it's really not even about the fish people. It's that Loxana Troy is uh, nearing her uh, her midlife, or she's in her midlife, where her sex drive goes uh, bananas, for lack of a better term. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's really also about Picard getting away from her because yeah. she sets her sights on poor Picard. Love it. The You know what's the best thing in the world? Dixon Hills office, <laughs> baby. Let's get there. You need me to be gone for a couple of hours? I think I have an idea. Well, it's funny because the thing that he experiences, I feel like, relates to Twitch streamers as well. Because I have had that feeling of, like, I want to log on and play a game and just chill and relax. And all of a sudden, the game gets very intense. And it's like, cool, let's switch to a different game. And then that game gets very intense. It's yeah. Like, Come on. yeah. I just wanted to chill. <laughs> or like I left off at a really hard part of the game. I'm like, yeah. oh, I just need to turn on my brain for a minute. And then I'm like, oh, dear God. Uh, this is yeah. worse. <laughs> uh, straight into the gun pulling phase when really Luxana is enough of a, right. a, a loose <laughs> cannon. Inducer, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I feel like Picard forgot everything about Dixon Hill novels. Yeah. Like, what he's read all these, he knows they all have violent natures. Like, he's like, just rewrite it more like uh, atmospheric, and then people come in with guns and try to kill it. The computer's like, I'm literally going off the books. Did you completely forget what you read? Would you like something? Uh, more childlike dr seuss perhaps well there's there's a couple of things that are going on here too that i find are interesting one we see the characters finding the limits of the holodeck and because we've seen a lot of lofty things including them creating a sentient ai essentially um where this is like something that they keep running up against something that it doesn't it can't intuit what picard really wants to do and two both the scenes with luxana and then this She's talking to herself because Major yeah, Barrett yeah. is the voice of the computer. So <laughs> yeah. even though Picard is in the holodeck, he's still talking to Major Barrett. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember that. That's yeah. so funny. Well, yeah, and, she has a scene where she talks to herself because when she's asking for directions, yeah. the computer talks to her. And that she's was like, how do I find the light? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's so complimented and enthused that the light <laughs> is leading her. Oh, ah, ah. where has she been living where they don't have high enterprise-worthy technology? Mm. Well, I mean, these are the best be computers that they are, and boy, do they have a great voice. Oh, gosh, they sure do. <laughs> well, we get a little bit more with Madeline, the receptionist this, yeah, at yeah, Dixon yeah. Hill's office. Madeline. She's a lot of fun, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? He decides that going to the bar is just the move for him, and he Ooh. asks Madeline, and she says, well, there's no problem, except it's the first time you asked. Yeah. And that's my favorite. <laughs> I don't. I just like her. Yeah, she was great. And uh, for a small part she had, I thought she like was the was one of the more fun parts of that uh, environment, including those all those gangsters that come in. So were they references like some of the same actors from the previous Dixon Hill? Well, wasn't in the first Dixon Hill there a guy outside his office holding a newspaper with gloves on, and he like was that something I misremembered? I feel like that was always a theme. He's always like, he sees a shady character on his way in mm. who might become a problem later. So actually that's the second guy that comes in after he resets the holodeck. Do you, do, I don't know if you, eyes. Oh my gosh, those eyes, right? <laughs> I don't know if you recognize him, Xander, but he actually is an actor that's going to become a, a major uh, recurring character on both Star Trek and TNG. Steve Buscemi. 
It's not Steve <laughs> No. He, I maybe. mean, you don't know the actor, but uh, this guy will later play a Klingon character named Galron, who's oh, a very... Oh, that explains the eyes. Yeah, when he's right? he's Galron, he's got those eyes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. They were like, hold on. You could rock a lot of makeup. <laughs> and he does. He really does. Those eyes he... were intense. Yeah. Uh, so I won't spoil it for you, Becca, but he becomes, a, he becomes a pretty major plot point in future episodes regarding the Klingon Empire. So we'll get yeah. to him soon. But yeah, that's Just his first that, appearance this... as that guy. Like Thank tiny bug-eyed Klingon. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get a bunch of uh, violent options. Picard says, no, let's just go to the bar. And so we go visit Rex's bar. Mm-hmm. Rex, the character with no last name, because he's like, I've never thought about it. I guess I yeah. don't have a last name. <laughs> yeah. I love those little nuances they drop in there. It's like, oh, yeah, this isn't real. Right. And the fact that Rex doesn't find it weird. I just don't got a last name. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But like Picard still forgets. I feel, I feel like he forgets to play. Like, the whole reason he came here was to relax and get away from it. And then he sits down at the bar and he tells them what happens after World War II. And they're, like, looking at him like he's had a snuff already. Like, <laughs> Well, Jake, I don't know if you've ever sat down to play a game with other people. But as much as you strive for immersion, sometimes there's that guy that brings <laughs> up chop talk when you're trying to be a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Or the one that brings up uh, politics when you're trying to do a podcast about Star Trek. I'm sorry. Uh, He does have a problem with uh, indulging. And I think this goes into his relationship with Luaxana. Why not? And his career. When was the last time Captain Picard got laid? He's either (laughs) gay or asexual. Because Luaxana is, you know, babely. Babely? Thoughts? Thoughts? What do we think his... Why, why, why doesn't he just humor her and sleep with her like Riker does with everyone who comes on board? <laughs> because she's not looking for that. She's looking for the commitment of marriage, specifically. Mm. Yeah, if, I, if she was just sleeping around, Picard might. That's, yeah, she would have no he problem getting ask, that done. He doesn't know that from square one, though. Right. I feel like Picard's dick's been on ice for a while. Like, he's kind of in a sexual <laughs> hibernation. <laughs> Like well, right, it, like he kind of comes on as the stern, like just want to do book it's learning. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I know we're gonna see him get romantic in future episodes, and he kind of has some. Besides Spoilers. that one episode where everybody has like sexual, uh, what was it? The the weird virus that came on board in the second right. episode. I think it was episode two, and that's when um, um, security officer. Tasha Yar. Tasha Yar uh, and Data hook up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and Picard, uh, Picard and Crusher have like definitely have a few sweaty moments yes. in that episode too. But beyond thing. that, oh, go ahead. Well, we're all think of where we're coming from too. In, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, we're coming from Captain Kirk, who was horny on Maine all the time, <laughs> forever. And so this was a nice break, I think, from that, and also something to set the character apart. Because it's not something that you're really looking for in a captain, especially on a long voyage with families under the pretext that we've discarded monogamy pretty much. You know, uh, I was wondering, is it not that we're not looking for it from the captain so much as we have another we have enough stuff to develop with him as a character to necessarily force uh, a romantic line when we have other romantic Riker. lines to explore. We yeah, Riker, Riker specifically. Yeah. <laughs> For that. And Troy and Wesley and Data and everywhere. I guess next episode a little foreshadowing will be Worf too. Mm-hmm. So like there's there's options for a lot of people. And I guess we just don't need to do that with Picard yet. But when yeah. we get into future seasons then we have that time. 
fair, but I do think it is a particular character choice for him to not mm-hmm. make that choice. Like, yes. well, why is he resisting so hard? Yeah. I think that that is a thing of note. But we have determined that Picard is heterosexual, at least in some sense, because he has had a relationship in the past with a woman. The woman that came Paris. on to defend uh, on the data trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think it's of note that he would resist Loaxana? She's just showed up and demands his attention. She's kind of an unappealing person in terms of how selfish she is, right? Well, that's the opposite of how you came into this episode, Jake. I like the character. I don't sure. identify with her choices. Like, I, 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 there's plenty of people I don't agree with that I enjoy watching. See, I'm the exact opposite. Character's okay, but she and I are kind of the same. Oh, man. I, I'm eager to talk to 50-year-old Becca. <laughs> She's going to be one hell of a character. Yeah. Oh, my. She's going to have some ornate dresses, I'll tell you that much. And why not? Absolutely. Yeah, but horniness is not just horniness. She needs to own them for life. That's, and that's what I'm saying. that's why they must commit to marriage. Yeah. She goes under the bridge to find someone new. Right, and right. like we, the whole fourth act, like commercial break, is about how she's like, "I've chosen Riker," and everybody's right. just like, "Married? What Mother, is not happening?" That one. Mother, no. <laughs> well, but she doesn't get to just choose, like, yeah. She, but I think that we we have seen a lot of um, uh, they take alien diseases and sort of amp it up and amp up the the corniness of them because that's how we can express how severe it actually is. And we've seen all of these characters sort of acquiesce to every other crew member's uh, biological functions that they can't control. And so whenever Worf is going through something, we have the ceremony or he's got the Klingon measles and we have to feel sorry for him. And and basically, uh, we see this as an extension of caring for Deanna in that this is a Betazoid physiological function that she can't control. So we have to humor this as far as we can. Just go along with it and then we'll resolve whatever shakes out in the end. Yeah. What a great choice for a diplomat is a woman who can't like <laughs> control her hormones to a level that she's proposing to men who, just who she makes eye contact with. Like literally she met Rex on the holodeck and was just yeah. like, you'll do better because I can't read your mind. Right. Yay! Then yeah. we get to it. She comes marching after. Riker comes to give the information that the fish people are thawing out to <laughs> Picard in the bar on the holodeck. And Loxana is like, you're the one I can't read. It's a pretty good choice, you know? When she thinks she's accurately reading everyone's minds. And in fact, can read no one's mind. Right. <laughs> except her daughter's. <laughs> I also love that Carlos and Nails were with the introduction oh, right. of those characters. <laughs> and Dana got to do a full costume He's... for nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I hear you were going on the holodeck and there's Dixon Hill going on? I'll be there in five minutes, Riker. I love that. Go without me. That's yeah. so great. And Riker just comes in in his uniform. He's like, yeah, I got this guy with me. Uh, oh, pretty great. Very good choices. Uh, Rex is down. I think that they didn't Rex really need to tell her he's a holodeck character. Just say you got to visit him here. Deal right. with it. I wonder if Rex would have accepted. Yes, probably. Yeah. Absolutely. He's yeah. there. As long as it's within the parameters She's good looking of and has bucks, right? That's what has been Those described. The two criteria. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know what? All of this horniness does not interfere with Mother Troy's ability to be 
the best diplomat. She picks up on everything because apparently Instant. her senses are super heightened and she immediately just uh, uh, throws out the B-plot by saying these fish people <laughs> have micro traces of explosives all over their fish costumes and they can't <laughs> coming to blow up the delegation. You're welcome. Mm. I'm the best. Who's going to sleep with me? And also be my <laughs> husband for life. O'Brien? No? O'Brien? Transporter. O'Brien? Last chance. And he's actually like, uh, uh maybe sure. <laughs> I, I didn't think you were gonna ask me but yes Keiko who <laughs> definitely consider, oh my god I kind of get left behind for those of you that can't see Becca has a <laughs> O'Brien doll don't worry it's an action, action figure. figure it's small yeah it's not life size <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> that was now okay. I fine. Know who's Don't send, me send a her one. <laughs> get one of those uh, anime pillows, the body pillows. But they just yes. get a Cole Meany one from like yeah. maybe 1998 or something. I'll take it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Three, please. Yeah. Well, that and honestly, the episode before this, those were two of the horniest episodes we've seen yet. So great job. Mm. Um, yeah, we find out they're assassins and we tell Loxana the bad news and she. I guess we'll move on to other options. Important point. She pro- points out the, the evidence. They find the evidence and then are taken for questioning. It's not an, a precog situation where they're arrested before a crime takes place. They are oh, guilty. In that's a, in a good a point. Yeah. Also, Worf, <laughs> like, Worf should really be pretty embarrassed here because he was, like, all admiring them. And they totally slipped out some explosives under his watch. Worf is not the best security I, I think that officer. just impresses him more. <laughs> that's true it probably does impress him more that's a good yeah, point yeah. <laughs> well uh, that was Manhunt next week we have the Emissary because the Enterprise crew encounters a Klingon sleeper ship whose occupants don't know the Federation and the Klingons are at peace uh oh alright I'm ready for next week <laughs> engage, engage. <laughs> 